Well, good morning, everybody. There's a lot of things that I could say about what we're going to talk about today, but I don't want to be rude. But uh, really glad to see all of you. And so we got talking, and we said, you know, we, we talked a lot about heaven, but, you know, that's a very real place, but there's another place that's very real, too. And I was telling my father-in-law about it, and he said, oh, like a, like a Halloween message. And I said, well, I don't know. I guess I didn't really think about that, but, but yeah, it'll, it'll just really scare you. And um, so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about it today. Is that all right? Talk about hell. Who goes there and why certain people go there? You don't have to go there. You get to go to heaven. But there's all these questions surrounding heaven, which is a very real place, and just as equally real, hell. It's H-E double hockey sticks, right? Have you ever spelled that out? That's what it looks like. That's what I say. So that's what we're going to talk about here for a little bit. But I want to tell you, hell's hot and eternity's long. So if you can go anywhere and you can make that choice, let's go north, okay? <laughs> let's make that choice together. And you know, hell, the Bible says, was originally made for the devil and his angels. But of course, uh, there's going to be people there later on, those that do not choose Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Unfortunately, that will have to be their ultimate destination. But here's my thought here today. As a church, as a pastor, just as a Christian man, I want to make it as easy as humanly possible to get people into heaven. I think it's the church's job to remove all the obstacles as much as we, we humanly can to remove all the obstacles from people's lives to get to Jesus, right? And make it easy as possible for us to get to heaven. And we need to make it as difficult as possible and, 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 yes, as difficult as possible to go, you know, to the other place, right? Does that make sense today? And uh, so that's, that's kind of the idea here. So why do, are there good people that go? You know, the Bible says that, that the, the, or the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know those kind of people? Those are the ones that say, tomorrow I'll start. Like for those of us that are on a tremendous weight loss plan, except for the Burger King coupons in the back of my pocket would say differently, say otherwise. But, you know, it, it can be paved with good intentions. But why put off today, why put off tomorrow what you can start today? Does that make sense? So I just want to talk a little bit about that today. And uh, so, you know, it's funny because I'm gonna, I want to tell you the truth about it. I'm going to tell you the what the Bible says about it. So it's still going to be good news today. But inside of good news, there's, there's truth inside of that good news. Sometimes the good news is, is good and it makes you feel good. How many love to feel good? Oh, yeah. If I could take a selfie of some of these faces out here. It's okay to smile. Let's, let's practice this for a minute. What happens is, is you use muscles and it creases the side of your lips to the upward version, all right? Everyone do this together? Okay, I'm going to, for my Instagram page, I'm doing this. Yep, this is going to happen. We're going to take a selfie together, and you're going to smile, all right? It's going to be all right. Get in here. Hold on, i got to do the point five here. Here we go. And smile. Boom. <laughs> all right, see, it's not that bad, right? It's all right. You're in church. You can smile. We love you. And I just shut off my timer, so that's not good for you. And uh, here we go. All right, we're 25 minutes. So, you know, here's the deal. God loves you so much. He cares about you so much. And he didn't create hell initially for people. It was God's plan from the garden, the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and the whole thing. It was there to, to have relationship with man. 
And the issue here is there is the other side of things is that when we reject God and our hearts turn hard toward the Lord and we reject the power of the Holy Spirit working on us and creating opportunity for us to get to God and God makes it so hard for you to, to go to hell. He makes it so hard for you to choose against him because he's constantly giving you opportunities to choose him. Does that make sense today? He never makes you choose him. You have the ability to choose him, but he's been working on you. Somebody said, I found God. Friend, you didn't know where to look. He had been looking for you. He had been working on you. He had sent the Holy Spirit to you to work up that, that fallow ground. You know what fallow ground is? It's, it's hard heart. It's, it's hard, callous ground on the inside of your heart. He loves you enough to send the Holy Spirit to you, to send your friends to you, to send this weird guy named Dan to come preach to you about the truth, not only about heaven, but I got to preach all of it, Genesis to Revelation. So there's a heaven, but there's also a hell. I'm going to need just a little help speaking. That's going to really help me. Dan, you're doing a great job. I'm proud of you. You know, it's funny because I've been a pastor for 25 years, full time. I literally have had almost, well, not almost, I have had every pastoral job within the church, every. I've been a kids pastor, I've been a youth pastor, been a lead pastor, I've been a church planter, uh, I was an associate pastor, a teaching pastor, any type of pastor job I could have in the last 25 years, I've done it, all right? I'm not tooting my own horn, it's just been my career for that amount of time. And I went through a season in my life in terms of uh, pastoral ministry and, and visiting people in the hospital. I'm going to tell you this story. I don't want you to judge me for it. It's just my past. It's my experience. It's my story. But it seemed like for a season, every single person that I went and visited in the hospital, I went to go and just encourage them and really pray for them and, and maybe God would do something great for them or at least encourage their faith while they're sitting there eating lousy food if they could even eat. And every single person that I went to pray for in the hospital died shortly after. So when they saw Pastor Dan come, and they're like, it is the Grim Reaper. Do not even come into my room. It was like I came in with that. I didn't wear it, but I think somehow every single person. So listen to this. So I had a group of, of interns, and I took this group of interns, and I, we were just going we to go do a hospital visit. I was just going to show them the how-to's behind all this stuff. And I said, we're going to go to the hospital together. We're going to go. We're going to pray for this family. We're going to go to lunch after. We'll spend some time talking. And I was just, you know, pouring into these interns. Just kind of a standard hospital visit. You know, just going to go encourage them and strengthen them. We get over there. I read Psalms chapter 23 to this guy. He's laying in his hospital bed. And all of a sudden, we get done with the end of Psalms chapter 23 and no joke, all joking aside, he begins to go into cardiac arrest in flat lines. <laughs> he dies. And the interns are sitting there, and they're like, is this normal? This is what you do? I'm out of here. <laughs> like, no, really. It's, it's generally not like this, but I got to tell you guys, the last couple times I've been, this is what's happened. And, and all of a sudden, this guy passes away. Now, luckily... He was a believer. And as a pastor for 25 years, I, I don't know how many I've done, but hundreds of weddings, hundreds of funerals, maybe thousands, I don't know. But I'm telling you, there is a distinct difference, especially at a funeral. When I do a funeral, 
of the departed, of maybe a family or those that did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, just because you go to church doesn't necessarily make you a Christian, right? Not any more than you going to Mickey D's makes you a Big Mac, right? (laughs) So I understand some people are here for all kinds of different reasons. Maybe they're here because they love the music and the worship team and the team just going for it, or they love Pastor Russell, I know. Me, not so much. I get that. I'm, I'm okay with that. Or they love coming here because they're here with their spouse or They're here for a number of other reasons. But a lot of people come to church for a lot of different reasons. But when I I have done funerals for folks and for families that I can't necessarily judge whether or not they were believers or not, but you can tell the atmosphere in the room that when there's a believer that dies, the Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints, right? That's what the Bible says. So even though the, the, the departed is missed and they're, they're mourning for their, their loss, but maybe they're not suffering anymore and they know that they've gone to heaven and they're with Jesus and they're walking on streets of gold and, and they're, they're praying for you in heaven, the Bible says that there's a great cloud of witnesses that looks down and, and prays. And, but you can pray. How many know it's probably okay to pray in heaven, right? And they're praying for you. But when I've done funerals for those that maybe have not been believers, I can kind of tell with the atmosphere in the room because there's a sense of deep regret. There's a sense of sorrow that is not a godly sorrow, but it's one of those that said, mm, I don't know where he went eternally. And there's, I've, I, we have family members that I've done funeral for that, that we know that he was not a believer I went to do a uh, went to visit another, and I'm not really trying to give you bad news this morning. Trust me. And, and in 18 minutes, I promise you, I'll be done. But what I want you to know is, I, I went and visited this lady in the hospital. Her husband had already passed away, so it wasn't going to upset the curve of what I already had going at that time. But we went in to pray for her and encourage her while they were getting through that process. And this guy, he was not a believer. He had already he had already passed away in the hospital. And she is, she's mourning over his body in the hospital room. And we walk in, and I'm telling you, this individual, he was, he was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict. Doesn't mean if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict, you're a bad person. I'm just telling you, this is what he was. He used to beat his wife senseless with bruises and marks all over her body. And she is weeping over this guy's body. And I walk in here with another pastor friend, and she says, well, pray for him. She goes, get him up. <laughs> get him up. What do you want me to do, stand him up and hang him up on a, on a hook? What are we talking about here? And even though that this man had treated this lady so horrible and had beat her senseless multiple times, was, was an, a horrible alcoholic and a, and a drug addict and had abused these things and abused her horribly, she just could not get over the fact that he was gone. So people, I tell you that story because... You know, people are going through so many different issues at all kinds of different times, but the truth and the reality of this world still remains that there's still a heaven, there's still a cross that still bleeds for you, there's still a God that still loves you, there's still Jesus that died for you and rose again from the dead for you, and there's a Holy Spirit that's working in this world right now to cause you to see Jesus in a a clearer light so that you would accept him into your heart if you've never done that before so that you don't have to spend eternity doomed to a devil's hell. Does that make sense? 
And so for so long, we've, uh, you, you've got to think about the fact that these folks, when they, when they pass away and they go to heaven, they're believers. If they, even though we mourn their loss, if they have the opportunity to return, they, I mean, they can't. But even if they had the opportunity to return, they wouldn't. But those that have passed away and they've gone to the other place, south of heaven, they would love the opportunity to return, even though that they can't. They would love the opportunity to return and tell all of you to choose Jesus Christ, to say, listen to what your pastor is telling you. Listen. You don't have to listen to me. Listen to Pastor Russell for sure, all right? But listen to what God is trying to speak to you so that you don't have to go to this, this horrible, horrible place. And so this morning, it's, you know, for the last couple minutes, I just want to tell you that earth is a dressing room for eternity. You don't get to make any decisions after you take your last breath here. Your next breath will be taken in one place or the other, not based on the fact that whether or not you were a good person, not based on the fact that you opened up doors and, and helped little old ladies across the street. That's not what gets you into heaven. Now, you definitely earn rewards for doing good things. Even Jesus said it. Uh, I believe Matthew chapter 5 is not in the notes, but he says, hey, let your good works be seen before men so that they can glorify who? Your Father, which is in heaven. But it doesn't get you into heaven, right? So you get rewards on earth for doing good things, for sure. Let them in in the car. It's going to be all right. And don't let them know that they're number one when they irritate you. Anybody with me? Any real people out there today in Boca? All right, I got a 45-minute drive every time I come here, and I love it. It's amazing. Just put on cruise. We put on a little worship music, and it's good. All right, well, we're going to get there. But what I want you to know, my friends, is no man is promised tomorrow. You know, Proverbs 27.1 tells us that. I'm not making this stuff up. You're not promised tomorrow. We never know. I could drive right out of here with my big white teeth and a smile and, and, and go right back out onto 7, get hit by a Mack truck, and then immediately I will be ushered into eternity. And I know where I'm going. I don't have to worry about, man, am I, you know, the Bible tells us that God doesn't reward us according to our iniquities, meaning every time we sin, he's not like piling up a list of, oh, nope, too much, you're done, you're gone. No, it's, that's not how it works. If you're saved and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the only difference between you and a non-believer, you ready for this? It doesn't make you better than, than an unbeliever or a non-believer. It just simply makes you better off. Because now we have a place to take our sin. I don't know if you ever considered that. Maybe you've been saved for so long, you don't really know what it even means to, to be a Christian and to be saved. You know that the guilt and the shame and the pain and the suffering that people walk around with, the baggage of their sin and the baggage of their life, they don't know what to do with the unforgiveness. When you get saved, it doesn't just mean that a pile of money is going to fall out of the sky and everything for you is just going to be like sitting on a cloud, plucking on a harp, and everything for you is just going to be great. No, what it actually means is you can begin to start the conversation with God that says, you know what, God, I'm going to now begin. I was walking one way, and now you're showing me a different way to walk. You don't have to try to clean yourself up before you come to God, right? I can't clean a fish until I catch it first. Make sense? And so in the same way, you got to get in the boat first 
Come as you are. Just relate yourself right now to the cross. And the Bible tells us that Jesus literally, he took our sins away from us. So if I were to go down to you right now and take the glasses off of your face, you would be upset with me, number one, because you probably couldn't be able to see. I also wear some glasses, too. I'm just not wearing them here today. But if I come and I take them away from you, you say, hey, that's mine. And Jesus took away our sins from us. He literally took them at the cross. So my big question to you is, if Jesus took away your sins, what are you still doing with them? Just let them have those. And what he does is he leads you to Christ. You get saved first, not because you're perfect. Jesus didn't come to call uh, the, the perfect or the righteous. The Bible says what? He came to call sinners to repentance, which is all of us of whom I am chief. And so he calls us to get saved. We get saved and we start a relationship with God. And it's in that starting where he begins to separate us from the word, it's from the world. It's a big, deep theological term called sanctification. Say that with me. Say sanctification. It means to be set apart, right? He sets you apart from the world and begins to let you see things in a different light that maybe you've just never seen before or never experienced. Last time I was up here, uh, we talked about justification. You remember that big, deep theological word? You remember that? Do you remember what it means? can hear like almost the birds chirping must have been really this must have been a really good message awesome it means just as if i've never sinned make sense so it kind of helps you remember justification just as if so when god looks at you he looks at you and he says perfect carol never sinned oh dan excellent oh yes could you tell my wife god please So when he looks at you, he looks at you as eyes through filtering through the blood of Christ. His blood paid the price and the penalty for all of our sins in that way. But he tells us, Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed unto man once to die and after this, the judgment. So at some point in our life, unless Jesus returns and the end of the age begins and that whole thing with Jesus returning in the clouds and splitting the eastern sky and the dead in Christ rising, all the good stuff that's going to happen at the end, if, if that doesn't happen in our lifetime, we have, we have one sobering, solid appointment. You know what that is? With death. It's the old grim reaper. He's coming and he's knocking at every single one of our doors. And I think the issue here is today I'm selling fire insurance. Where's Russell at? He's going to be shaking his head going, oh, I can't believe he just said that. <laughs> we have, uh, that's just a joke, but we have the assurance, not the insurance, but literally the assurance knowing that we don't have to fear death. Now, the only thing that I really have a struggle with, I'm not afraid about that I'm going to heaven when I die. I don't, I don't, I don't have any questions about that. I'm, I'm solid in my heart. I'm good. I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I know that he rose again from the dead for me. I know that, that I apply the shed work, uh, the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his work at Calvary as full payment for my sins. I'm good knowing that, so I'm confident knowing that no matter what, when I die, when, whenever that is, I know that I'm going to heaven. I have that assurance. You say, wow, I, I need to be as, as, as strong there too. Okay, well, you can be. But my only problem that I really struggle with is not so much where I'm going, but how I have to go. And the other big question is, will it hurt? I mean, am I the only one? 
I'm the only one on this stage. You guys are perfect. I get it. Okay. That's why I took a selfie, because I'm going to show you your faces later. You'll be like, wow, okay, I need to smile more. Just a little bit. I'm just, I'm just playing with you. I'm having fun. You can do whatever you guys want, and, and Pastor Russell will be back here with you next Sunday. All right, so the issue here is getting to the Scripture. Let's take a look at Luke 16, and this kind of proves all of my points here. And there's a parable, which is a story that Jesus uses to illustrate um, some gospel messages here to us. And Jesus said, and you can read along. Now, I know a lot of people, you don't necessarily like being read to, but maybe for some, <clears throat> this is the only time you read the Bible, which is in church. And I think that that's great. I think it's a great place to start. So I'm going to read you these and then make a couple thoughts in between, all right? And Jesus said, everyone say, Jesus said. Jesus. Just so you know, it's not Dan, it's Jesus. There was a certain rich man who was splendidly clothed in purple and fine linen, and who lived each day in luxury. That meant he had a Bentley and a Rolls and a Ferrari in the garage, and he had all the toys, and he had all the money, and a bank account at, at, at his expense there. And his, at his gate, he had a gate. Any of you have a gate at your house? I'm, if you do, I'm coming. I want to see it, all right? He had a gate. And there laid a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores. Gross. As Lazarus lay there longing for scraps from the rich man's table, the dogs would come and lick his open sores. I'm not going to discuss any of that. Finally, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died, and he was buried. It doesn't say the angels carried him. And his soul went to the place of the dead. There in torment he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Just keep this up here right now. But the interesting thing here that stands out to me about this parable is this rich man, though he is in hell now, he's still trying to give commanding and condescending orders to the, the guy that was poor on earth. They're not on earth anymore. They are in, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the lower parts of the earth, but they're in hell. There is no commanding. There is none of that. But his attitude is still the same. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. But Abraham said to him, son, remember that during your lifetime, you had everything you wanted. Lazarus had nothing. So now he's here being comforted, and you're in a great, you're, you are in anguish. And besides, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here, and no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want to warn them so that they don't end up in this place of torment. Remember how I was telling you about some people just don't listen. What he was saying here is, I didn't listen throughout my entire lifetime. I just lived for myself. But now, if you just send someone up there so that they will listen, they don't have to come here. But Abraham said, hey, they've got Moses and the prophets. They warned them. Your brothers can read what they wrote. And then the rich man replied, no, Father Abraham, if someone is sent to them from the dead... They will repent of their sins and turn to God. And these are some blood-curdling words here as a response. But Abraham says, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't even listen if someone rises from the dead. 
Now, if that's not a gospel message for you this morning, I really don't know what else is. Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead and told everybody in the world that he rose from the dead. They don't care. They do not. He's saying, the rich man was saying, listen, just send someone up there because I didn't listen during my lifetime. And if you're rich, I'm not saying rich people have to go to hell. And I'm not saying if you're poor, poor people get to go to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. But in this story, Jesus just simply uses that to shed light on the actual experience of being there because they're polar opposite lifestyles. But the issue here today is that it, it would be not as easy for me to promote a campaign for hell and say, hey, guys, come on, we're trying to get a, people, a group of people to go to hell. We're going to have suffering and anguish and torment and fire and flames. Who, who, it's going to really hurt. And it's hell's hot and eternity's long. Who wants to come with me? That campaign doesn't really work very well. But the way that it's, the way that it's shrouded is in not following God. And it's shrouded in, in addiction and hurt and pain and suffering and, and in adultery and in theft and lying. That's how you get there. And so the issue here is, is now people following their own destructive ways and not accepting Christ. Let me put it to you this way. It's my birthday today. We're celebrating my birthday today. It was a good transition from what I was just saying, so I felt like this helped. Um, I'm 18 today, and you're laughing, so you know I'm 50 then. So it's my 50th, and the 23rd is my actual birthday, and we've got family coming over today, and we've got some friends coming over today. And they're coming because there was an invitation to come. You don't just get to show up and eat my food, even though I, I'm a nice guy and I would share it with you. But I'm having my favorite meal. You know what it is? I'm grilling, and I'm grilling cheeseburgers and dogs for the kids. But I, you got to understand, I'm a cheeseburger connoisseur. I didn't get this way overnight. Okay. And so I, I love that. But let me tell you something. When God created heaven and he created the path to get there, he said, yeah, all y'all come, and you, you, you got to come only one way. It's by invitation only. You answer the call, you accept Jesus Christ, and you come in. You don't, don't change anything about yourself. I'll change you once you come to me. Once you get in with the Lord and you, you ask the Lord to forgive you, I'll change you. I'll fix all that during your lifetime. So just accept me, and we're going we're gonna to start the path on the way to heaven. So I got all these people coming over later today, and we're going to have a blast, and we're going to get our party on, all right? I'm the party pastor, all right? It's okay to smile on this side. This, this side thought it was all right, but I'm just joking. And so the issue here is that all of us have been invited, but like the rich man said, he's like, just send someone to them so that they don't have to come here too. And he's like, hey, they've got all the same stuff you had. You just didn't want to listen. I am urging you today under the sound of my voice to listen. Just not even to me. Listen to God. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to how he's compelling you because he has made every opportunity and opened every door for you to come to him. He's not making it difficult for you to come to him. You're making it difficult for the Lord to come into your heart. He's still standing at the other side of your heart and the door of your heart and knocking. The Bible tells us that, you know, we're made up of a, I got to pause my timer because I just need another minute. 111, all right? We, it's just, I need another minute. You guys good? All right. So, 
The Bible tells us we're made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit, right? We're made up of three parts. But the moment you die, if we were to pass away tonight, you know, some of us, you know, my, my wife's family was, was Catholic, and I, I don't know all the details about Catholicism and some of the other religions, but I know that they taught purgatory, like being a place where you uh, kind of suffer for your sins and then make a decision after that. It's not how, the Bible doesn't teach that. As a believer, when you have Jesus Christ in your heart, if we pass away tonight, in a moment, the Bible says we are in heaven, with your spirit goes directly to, to heaven, and your body is going to go in the ground. And if you're an unbeliever tonight, today, or whatever, and you pass away, then for you, instead of being able to go to heaven, you don't go to purgatory, you go to H-E double hockey sticks, all right? And then all of your your decision-making process is done. You don't get to decide and say, hey, when I, uh, well, when I get there and I see that it's true, then I'll make the decision then. No, my friend. No, no, no. All the decisions are made here. I'm trying to get you and urge you. Let me close this deal. I, I want you and I want to urge you to say, choose Jesus. Because at the end of this life, you don't want to go. Even Jesus, when he died, the Bible says, I'm not going to read it now, but in Ephesians 4, 8 to 10, he talks about how Jesus, when he died, he descended into hell to the lower parts of the earth. And the Bible says that he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, right? The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. When he did that, in the Old Testament, when you died, you went to what's called paradise. And then after Jesus rose from the dead, right, he opened up the way for us to now go to heaven, have a relationship with God. I don't have all the time to get into all of that, but now, today, on the post side of the resurrection, when you pass away, you get to immediately, you go to heaven. There's no stopping in between. There's those decisions to make. There's no changes of clothes or ladies, you don't have to worry about your hair. It's going to be perfect forever. And we're all going to look about 20, 25, I think, but that's just what YouTube told me. But either way, (laughs) but the idea here, let me give you a couple of hot facts as to steer you away from the systems of this world. Hell, hell's hot and eternity's long. It's a real place at the center of the earth where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth where the pains of your torment will last forever and ever and ever. Place of deep regret where your memory never dies and your passions are never quenched. An awful separation from God, no party in hell, no light in hell, darkness, there is no peace, no rest, no sleep. There's everlasting fire also prepared for the devil and his angels. And Revelation 21.8 tells us it is the lake of fire. Wow. How about that campaign? Who wants to go? It's going to be pretty hard to fill up your your sign-up list on that one. But Jesus, he comes, he dies on the cross for our sins in order to give you this brand new life, rises again from the dead, not because we're perfect, but to make us perfect before God so that when he sees you, he says, hey, justified. What's that mean? Bam, drop the mic. Let me just take this off and drop it. We can go home. Just as if I've never sinned. So for those of you that are struggling and you feel like you're some big VIP sinner that the blood of Jesus can't cleanse, I'm here to tell you today, you're wrong and he's right. He's always going to cleanse you. He's always going to forgive you. While you are here and we are, have this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that you can come to him at any moment. 
Say, God, forgive me of my sins. Look at what I did. Look at what I said. Look at where I've been. Look at this road that I've traveled. And you look back on this road and you're like, man, I really goofed things up. But do you know what? The entire time, God never left you. He's just been there calling out to you, trying to create avenues, trying to create opportunities. In California, they have these, some of you that have been out there, you know this, they have these, these off-ramps. Uh, they're, they're called... Um, there's certain ramps, especially for truckers. They get going too fast. Maybe their brakes fail. They fall asleep, can't get off the road. And it's like a sand trap for a trucker so that if they can't stop, maybe they're going down the mountain or whatever, they can drive off into this sand trap and stop and be safe. There's a name for it. I can't remember it off the top of my head. But the issue here today is that the Lord Jesus Christ creates these, these places, these off-ramps for us to get off of the wrong path. Get on to the right one. Just make a decision with the help of the power of the Holy Spirit and, and make that decision to do it because God loves you so much that he is creating every opportunity for you to go to heaven. I used to run a, a big street ministry in Dallas, Texas years ago. We used to, it was kind of old school. We used to pass out tracks on the street. That was a little bit more acceptable. This was before the days of swiping right and iPhones and all of that. And we were passing out tracts and witnessing to people about Jesus. And this lady comes around the corner, and she is just so mad at us. And she says, would you get the hell out of here? I said, I'm, I'm trying to. You know how you get holy water, don't you? You boil. Okay, anyway. I suppose, the, I mean, I got a lot more I could say, but I'll be done. I'm not done, but I'll quit. Let me tell you this, believers are not better, we are just simply better off because we have a place for our sins. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, you don't have to try to be some pastor or know Genesis to Revelation, you don't have to know the book of Palms from the book of Job. All right, it's getting back there, all right, we're pumping in the, the sunlight, you get, you're hearing it, that's good. All you have to do is say, listen, come to church with me sometime. Or maybe not the times that I'm speaking. All right, come with, Pastor. Just come to church with me. Or you want to share your faith. Listen, Jesus died on the cross for my sins, rose again from the dead. That is the gospel, that he died and rose again. Get them thinking about him, and that is you being on mission to help leading others to Jesus Christ. The Lord will clean them up. I've got some friends that, that I, would, I could pack this church out with all my friends. I just can't get them to come. My, one, of, one of my best friends, his name is, I probably shouldn't say that, being that we're like, hey, why don't you come to church this morning? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Sinners sin. That's what they do, all right? But you do what you do. Be who you are and who God's created you to be. And eventually, hopefully, while you're praying for them, the Lord will change their heart. And maybe one day, that person that you never thought would darken the door of the church he, could be, he or she could be the most on-fire individual, but it just takes that one key to unlock that door in their life. And that key might be you, just sharing your faith with other people. And so for me, as a, as a pastor, I, I like to call myself believer-centered, seeker-aware. When we come to church, I want to make sure that we feed the believers, the Christians that are here. But I also want to make sure that we're not so religious that someone that might be here doesn't know what the heck we're talking about. What, what does that mean? Can't we just put it in simple terms so that we can make it easy for people to go to heaven and make it really super hard for them to go to hell? Does that make sense this morning? 
the Bible tells us, Jeremiah 29, that God has a great plan for our life, a plan to help us, to bless us, and to give us a great destiny and an expected end. And at that end, for those of us that are believers, you don't have to fear death. There's no fear in death. And, and you know, hey, how do I want to go? You know, I'll tell you how I want to go, and I'll end with this. And you know what a clock means to a pastor, right? Absolutely nothing. I want to die with a nice plate of either pasta or a cheeseburger, or maybe both, and I want to be in my bed, and I want to be asleep, and I'm just going to float off into heaven somewhere. (laughs) You didn't know you were going to get all this this morning. You think it's crazy, don't you? Well, it is. You're right. But the issue here today, guys, is I, I just wanted to tell you, Pastor Russell and I were talking. I'm like, look, he's like, oh, I just, you know, hell, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, listen, we're going to make it fun. It'll be great. We're not going to go there, and that'll be the best part about it, and we're going to get everybody to go to heaven. So that's really what it is. It's the gospel. It's heaven. It's hell. But you get to choose. I'm not going to come down there and twist your arm and get my kids to put you into a headlock, and you choose Jesus Christ right now. That's not what we're talking about. What we're saying here is that the Lord loves you. He died on the cross for your sins, rose again from the dead to give you a brand new life, and he's waiting for you once you are able to make the decision for him. But I would only urge you, don't wait too long. Would you stand with me this morning? Stand with me. I just want to pray for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Look at that. 1059. 1059. Bow your head with me. And I, one of the things that I like to do is I like to make it as easy as possible for anyone to accept the Lord. And I don't, I don't want to embarrass anybody or make anybody on their own come up here. There might be other times for that. But I just wonder if we could all pray this prayer out loud and together that way in the hopes that if we can all get on mission in this moment, maybe there's one person in this room that's never accepted Christ as your personal Savior you don't know how to start. You don't know what to do. This is the, the entry level. Put the key in the door. You want to accept Christ as your Savior. The Bible says confession with the mouth uh, is made unto salvation, meaning you confess the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. That's Romans 10, 9 and 10. Bow your heads. Let's pray this prayer. Repeat this with me if you would. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me and rose again from the dead for me. Teach me to live for you as you show me how, and I will follow you in Jesus' name. Amen.